Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I'm Karen Curtis. And I'm Lexi Bear. Lexi's in for Jennifer Ross. She is my little cub reporter, and she's excellent in terms of knowing news. And she's a a kind of a younger version of Jen. (laughs) I try. (laughs) What a compliment. Yay. Today's episode. The clown pulls out a gun and fires at point blank range to Marlene's face. Hmm. Wellington killer clown story. Oh, my God. And the accused killer still awaiting trial. It's kind of an interesting story because it happened in Wellington, Florida. I don't know if you've ever been there. Yeah. Okay. A lot of polo. I mean, Prince Harry's played polo there. We've got Trump at Mar-a-Lago just down the road off of Southern Boulevard. It's a very high-end area. And this was in the Arrow Club community. So it was, it's, you know, a high-end community. Yeah, I've been there. I, I'm from Parkland, so it's like we'd always joke, like it's like a similar to Parkland except more horses. And an air, you can land an airplane there, the Aero Club. They have like, you can land airplanes oh, so on the grass. Oh, it's a better there. Yeah, exactly. But detectives say that Marlene Warren answered the door at her home in the Aero Club community and marveled at a clown wearing an orange wig, a red bulb nose, gloves, and a smile painted on its face. The clown had two balloons and flowers in one hand and a gun in the other. And one of the balloons said, you're the best. Oh my God. When the clown handed Marlene the balloons and the flowers, she reportedly said, oh, how pretty. And then immediately the clown fired at Warren's face. The clown pulls out a gun and fires at point blank range to Marlene's face. She died within two days. I couldn't imagine. Yeah, Amy Fisher shot Joy Buttafuoco's wife in the face. She's still alive, it's amazing. Yeah, the bullet's in her brain forever. Yeah, that's really amazing. Two days though, can you imagine? And she opens the door. Apparently she liked clowns. Marlene Warren, she had clowns in the house. I remember reading about that. Everybody knew that she loved clowns. She had photos of them, picture frames of them. Little clown figurines in the house. So when someone showed up in a clown suit, she was like, oh, how nice. This is so lovely. How thoughtful. Not really. Uh, And here is some of the recollection from the local reporters here of what happened. She was home with her son and several of his friends. A vehicle pulled up in the driveway, noticed someone dressed as a clown, exit the vehicle and approached the front door. The clown walked to the door and then Marlene answered the door. Now, one person said the clown was definitely a man. Really? Yes. I remember the son saying the clown had brown eyes, but couldn't identify anything else. Right. So... The other reporter remembers this. Clown hands her balloons and some flowers. She says, oh, how pretty. I'll still remember this fact to this day. One of the balloons said, you're the greatest. (laughs) I mean, that's just main, main, main. I mean, I could never look at clowns the same. (laughs) Well, not, not her, obviously she. Even after it? I never watched it. Oh, so you're you're terrified by clowns? But that whole situation solidifies my feelings for them. Remember in Sex in the City, Sarah Jessica Parker is really afraid of clowns. There's nothing scarier than a clown. Right? <laughs> That's right. There's nothing scarier than a clown. For sure. They're scary. So 27 years after the Wellington mom is shot in the face by a killer clown, detectives in Palm Beach County arrest the suspect with the homicide. Sheila Keen Warren. Oh, does the last name sound familiar? Stop. <laughs> the suspected clown killer now married to the victim's husband. Oh my, are you serious? Girlfriend at the time. 
So it was a crime of passion. Well, allegedly. No, she went and picked out, if it's her, allegedly, picked out a balloon that said, you're the greatest, and then shot her in the face. That seems premeditated. They are yeah. seeking the death penalty for Keen Warren. Yeah. So Keen Warren has pled not guilty to first-degree murder charges, and she's being held at the Palm Beach County Jail without bond, which is what you do in a death penalty case. Her husband, Michael, the, you know, the husband of the widower, He's a widower, right? Yes. He uh, was married to Marlene Warren, who was gunned down in her front doorway by the clown. And he wasn't such a savory character either. He apparently ran some sort of a chop shop. Yeah, didn't he, like, go to jail for... Yes, he did. Something? Yes, they would roll back the odometers and part out cars and everything else. It was crazy. So Marlene Warren was killed on Saturday of the Memorial Day weekend in 1990. And her homicide, like, shook up that exclusive neighborhood. And tips started pouring in, but the case remained open. They, I mean, they kind of had an idea who it was, but they, back then, 1990, remember, the first case determined by DNA was a rape case in Tampa in 1987. Yeah. So DNA was really not used a lot quite yet. So they did find some things that they could have tested back then, but it took several years before the case really cracked open. So finally, in 2017, Sheila Keen Warren was arrested on the side of the road in Washington County. Sheriff's deputies in Virginia arrested her for the murder of Marlene Warren. And she didn't initially know why they were arresting her. She's like, where are we going? Well, 27 years later, yeah. I guess you you get comfortable. Right. She na- changed her name to Debbie, too, which is weird. Yeah. She changed her name? Yes. Yes. John Moran Sr. spent part of his career turning back the odometers for Warren, the husband, chopping up cars, dumping pieces into the Palm Beach County Canal system. But on his deathbed, the auto mechanic made sure that some secrets didn't die with him. Junior, Moran Jr., his son, claims his father told him secrets about the used car lot in West Palm Beach where he worked for, of course, Michael Warren. It was called Bargain Motors. And Moran Jr. says his father also shared secrets about the owner where he said... He joked that his boss, Warren, would joke about getting rid of something else. His wife, Marlene. He'd say, take this car and get rid of it. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to get rid of my wife, too. Can't you all to make her disappear like you make all those repo cars disappear, he said? Wow, he sounds great. That's according to... Husband of the year. That's according to Moran's son, who yeah. said he said it on his deathbed. He said, I took it as a joke, but I mean it was once a week. A once a week thing, he'd say that. Why would he wait until his deathbed to say that? Well, the other thing is you've got Marlene is dead and you've got Sheila Keen Warren arrested, but he's the one that's saying she should be dead. And, you know, we had the husband killed by the alligator. Yeah. And the wife who ordered the boyfriend to kill the husband is in jail for yeah, the murder. Yeah, she was arrested like 20 years later or and something. the guy that pulled the trigger is not serving any time for the murder. He's not facing any charges. No, not for that. He got out of jail for the chop shop stuff. But he's not facing any charges in... Marlene's death. Well, upon last contact with PBSO, they're not commenting because the investigation is still open. Ah, they can't find anything to nail him. But if they do arrest him, then you're going to confuse the jury because there's going to be two people for the same crime. And once you get someone saying he did it and she did it, that's reasonable doubt. One of them's going to get a plea. Right. Or 
pleadial. Or the pleadial. So then the other one goes. Turns on the other one. That's a good point. So the incident report shows that Moran Jr. told detectives about Warren's comments that, you know, he wanted her to disappear in November of 1990 after Marlene was murdered. But uh, apparently on several occasions since 1989 through December of 1989, Michael had hung up the phone after arguing with his wife and made the comment, I'm going to kill that bitch. What a great marriage. What about divorce? Kill? That's I know. dramatic. Yeah, it's, it seems a bit extreme, right? Ugh. So, Moran Sr., the guy on his deathbed, also told detectives similar information a few weeks after the murder, according to the incident reports. Um, he hated his wife, Marlene. The detective wrote this in June of 1990. He stated that Michael wished that he could get rid of the bitch and wished that he had never married her. I don't even know what to say to that. Now, the son was home at the time. He was 21, 22 at the time. And as with you said, friends, right? with friends when the shots rang out. So he saw the clown departing, but he said that the clown did have brown eyes. Yeah, he didn't mention if it was a man or a woman, though, right? No. It was not until Sheila Keen Warren's arrest in 2017 that Moran Jr. gave detectives the additional information about the killer clown case, including his father's deathbed confession from 1996. So that's kind of interesting. And here is Detective Paige McCann with PBSO about the shooting. The clown pulls out a gun and fires at point-blank range to Marlene's face. So the 22-year-old son remembers the clown's brown eyes and got into a white Chrysler LeBaron. It was outside the house. I just don't know how you do that midday in a suburban neighborhood. Just knock on the door in this big costume and just shoot someone in the face. The red and nose and walk away. Like an Uncle Buck when the clown comes to the door. Have you ever seen that movie? I and haven't. And John Candy steps on his big shoes and punches him and he like pops back up. That's <laughs> the best. Well, 40-year-old Marlene Warren was in the middle of cooking breakfast at the time when she was shot in the face by the clown in May of 1990. And deputies say when they showed up at the scene, they were told that she had reached out to take the flowers and the clown came up with a gun and shot her twice. And her 22-year-old son, Joey Ahearns, and some of his friends were home when the clown rang the bell. They witnessed the shooting. He said, I was on the couch and it all happened just so fast. He says that a year after his mother's death, he says that he knows the clown had brown eyes, but it was hard to identify the shooter and to make it all out. You know, he did see the car, though. The clown is an inside thing, uh, said Moran Jr. This is the guy that did the deathbed confession. He says everybody in the office knew Marlene loved clowns. They were in her office. They were in her car. They were in her house. Everybody knew she loved clowns. This had to be personal then. If you knew that, right? Yeah, if you knew that she loved clowns, you know, it's kind of very... How do I say this? It's dramatic. It's you know, opportunistic, it's like, though. I mean, you're, you're playing on her emotions that she yeah. likes clowns. And then you're showing up with, you're the best. <laughs> um, so the clown made a clean getaway in a white Chrysler LeBaron. Detectives recovered the LeBaron from a Winn-Dixie parking lot a few days after the murder. Now, the incident report is showing that investigators found an orange curly wig, believed to be synthetic. They, well, they found the fibers in the car, along with a long brown strand of hair and other evidence. So they found fibers from the wig and the hair, which they test finally for DNA. 27 years later. Yes. So they ran the VIN number on the LeBaron and discovered it had been reported stolen by Payless Auto Rental, one of Michael Warren's competitors. Wow. And from the start of the investigation, detectives made it clear that they were investigating two prime suspects, Michael Warren and Sheila Keene. Keen worked for Michael Warren repossessing cars, and numerous people claimed that they were having an affair. Talk about going above and beyond to land a man. <laughs> right? 
I dressed up as a clown for you. <laughs> I shot your wife in the face for you. You're going to marry me. So both Keene and Warren denied the rumor. In 2002, after Warren was released from prison for his chop shop crimes, the two got married in Vegas in a Vegas ceremony. I mean, you know, did she wear the clown costume to Maybe. the wedding? Well, she just had to buy the red a new nose. one. Just she left the other one. Allegedly. Maybe she dressed up as uh, Elvis. Maybe. So 27 years after Marlene Warren's murder, detectives with the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office arrested Sheila Keene Warren, who was now going by the name Debbie Warren for the murder. And Keene Warren was charged with first-degree murder, pled not guilty, state filed notice seeking the death penalty. You know, they tested the hair, and it took the DNA that much longer, and they determined that uh, they collected samples from Sheila Keene's hair and vials of her blood in June of 1990 with a search warrant, reopened the investigation. Those samples were sent to the FBI crime lab and some matches were made to the fibers collected from the getaway car. The husband has to be involved. I'm sorry, like, that's my opinion. How are they going to get him, though, unless Sheila turns on him? And that's not likely. I mean, she already dressed up as a clown and allegedly, as I say in parentheses, shot... His first wife in the face, all for... For love, for baby. Love. Well, it's interesting because for the past 15 years, the Warrens lived in a small, historic Abingdon, Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains home. They had a reputation as hardworking. They were sociable until last year operated a fast food restaurant at nearby Kingsport, Tennessee. The Purple Cow. I mean, they are animated. I'll give them that. And her mugshot, she's like laughing. It's It's amazing. In her booking shot, she has uh, she was arrested without incident on the charge of first-degree murder, but she's, like, laughing and smiling in the shot. So Michael Warren's friends told police that he didn't act very upset after his wife's death. Hmm. It's like, oh, well. Marlene's son, Joseph, said another person, Gene Pratt, got into a car and chased the clown. Really? After the shooting. That's interesting. A witness, like, chased the clown? Yeah, like, tried to... Chase the the car, which ended up at the Winn-Dixie. Yes. So detectives wrote that Gene Pratt told investigators in June of 1991 that the clown suspect was definitely a man. It wasn't a woman. So that's going to be a problem. I mean, how can you really tell with clowns, you know? They got that baggy they have, outfit like, on. Big husky outfit with and big polka dots. Their whole face is painted, and you don't know if they have long hair or not with the wig. And I wonder if it said anything. Probably not. I'll bet not. That's why the balloon said, had a message. Yeah. Yeah, you would think, yeah, did it say anything? But he said it was definitely a man. That's Gene Pratt. Hmm. An attorney, Christopher DeSantis, gave investigators a statement in 1991 concerning his conversation two years earlier with Michael Warren as they left the courthouse. And Warren asked me, he says, what the ramifications would be if a husband killed his wife on her estate. The lawyer advised that if the husband had a friend who did it and they couldn't tie the husband to the friend, he'd get away scot-free. What? <laughs> and this isn't like a factor at all? Well, that's what happened in the, the Gatorade My Husband episode that we did. She, The guy that gave her the life insurance was the killer and they collected on it. These are cold cases, and eventually they figure out what happens. Detectives connected the getaway car, that Chrysler LeBaron, to Michael Warren's car business. Inside, they found the orange wig, fibers, and brown hair. DNA testing was limited in 1990, as I said, but they were able to test it 27 27 years later. The FBI did. So two costume shop clerks testified they saw Sheila Keene Warren purchase clown supplies from their shop the week before the murder. 
I don't know why this is. That's circumstantial, though. And now yeah. you got this kid that followed the clown, said it was a, a man. And then you've got the husband that's saying, I want to kill the bitch. So it's going to be, uh, that's hearsay. reasonable. I hear reasonable doubt all over this case. And then now later, a lot of it, I'm a paralegal minor. And so I, when I was in school and whatnot, they said eyewitness testimony sometimes isn't reliable. Because you could be in the moment and you could see something and it could be wrong. They ask like six people at the same scene and it's like, he had blue, he had black, he yeah. had brown, he had green. You know, what was he wearing? They, they, it's like six different answers. So after the U.S. Marshals arrested Keen Warren in Virginia during, the, it was a traffic stop. She had no idea that she had become the accused shooter in South Florida's clown case. She goes, where are we going? Am I under arrest? And what for? Is my husband under arrest? were some of the 54-year-old woman's questions, and she was taken out of her Cadillac Escalade, mind you, and placed in the back seat of the sheriff's cruiser. Once inside the sheriff's headquarters, Keen Warren initially agreed to answer questions. But as soon as she was told she was under arrest for the May 26, 1990 slaying of Marlene Warren in Wellington, she put her head down on the desk and declined to say another word. Attorney. Yeah, she asked for an attorney. Unfortunately, you've got all of these conflicting stories. I mean, you do have the one strand of hair, but a good attorney, Richard Lubin, is going to say, well, you're connecting this to Michael's business. She worked there, and maybe she picked up the car from somewhere, and her hair got in there. She was 27 at the time, so she's a lot younger than Marlene at the time. And she'd been working for Michael at Bargain Motors in West Palm Beach helping to repossess cars. So she probably was armed when she was repossessing. you got to be a tough broad to repossess a vehicle. People yeah. get very upset when De you're repossessing their car. Definitely. My uncle used to own a used car dealership, and he had to repo cars all the time. Did you ever go with him? No, but I've read all the Yelp reviews. <laughs> what do they say? <laughs> this little bald man that looks like Bruce Willis took my car. <laughs> was he armed? <laughs> no. Oh, gosh. But he didn't go alone. Oh, my God. I'll bet. So Warren, who denied any role, was en route to the Calder racetrack with friends at the time his wife was shot. So that's convenient. He has an alibi. Authorities have said it remains to be seen if anyone else will be charged, but the case remains open. So it's possible they can get him to flip, but it sounds like the evidence against Sheila, Sheila slash Debbie, you got a problem. You've got an eyewitness saying that the clown was a man. You've got the husband saying, I want her dead, but he has an alibi. The alibi doesn't stop you from ordering a hit right? or planning a murder with your 27-year-old lover. And then she marries him. I just think it's so weird that she marries him. They move away. Her name is Debbie now. They get out. They think they're scot-free. She's like, why are you arresting me? Yeah, Can she you imagine? comfortable. You never escape the big M. Mm -mm. Yeah, so during the original murder investigation, detectives discovered Warren was rolling back odometers on vehicles and uh, at his used car lot, Bargain Motors. He was convicted of racketeering and multiple other felonies and only served four years in a minimum security state prison in Homestead. He was released New Year's Eve 1997. So this is after the murder. He's in jail. They just like went on to another kind crime, I guess. Shady. Well, no, I think they started looking into him after the murder. And they couldn't get him on the murder, so they, they got him on the chop shop. So five years later, he and Sheila Keene wed in Vegas, as I said. And investigators didn't know this until they reopened the case in 2014. They didn't know they were married. 
And they used a $125,000 federal grant and formed a task force with members of the state attorney's office and the FBI. And they interviewed numerous witnesses, reviewed evidence, and had new DNA testing done, leading to the August 31st grand jury indictment. And then they arrested her. So as I said, uh, Dave Ehrenberg said, sometimes justice is delayed, but justice eventually arrives. And it's expensive. And it's expensive. Yes. They're still investigating but she's going Michael to trial. Warren. She's going to trial, and they're seeking the death penalty probably November of this year, which is 2019. Sheila Warren is now 55. She remains jailed in solitary confinement without bond. And Michael still talks to her. Apparently, she calls him every day from jail. And he says the cops had nothing before, and they have nothing now. Wow, what a Prince Charming. He says he tried visiting her a few times, but it became pointless because they could only speak through a small monitor from another building. Hmm. But get this. He was able to collect life insurance on the dead wife, Marlene. Oh, just like the Gator case. Yes. $53,359.37 in life insurance. I wonder if they have to pay that back. (laughs) I guess if she's convicted. I don't think so because it's for him. That's right. The attorney said that if... They weren't married at the time. And if and remember, the attorney said he'd get off scot-free if no one could link him to the case. They got nothing, right? But there's another case that was similar, and I just wanted to, to close up with this because it's interesting. A related murder with a South Florida connection involving a flower delivery. South Florida millionaire was convicted of murder for hiring an assassin posing as a flower delivery man to kill his 35-year-old socialite wife. Georgia's Supreme Court's unanimous ruling rejected arguments for a new trial from attorneys representing James Sullivan. Now, if that name sounds familiar, yes, he lives right over here, or lived over here. Now he lives in prison uh, on Palm Beach. Oh, we drove by there. We went by his house. His old residence. It's like uh, coral. It's right on the ocean. Yeah, it's really nice. It's like right next to John Lennon's Imagine House that he he shot the uh, Imagine video in. I'm sure he's not like in his new place. uh, No, not as, it's not as large. So... This happened actually in Georgia, but he was down here in Florida when he ordered the hit, I believe. Georgia Supreme Court's unanimous ruling rejected arguments for a new trial. From his attorneys, they claimed that James Sullivan, he's serving life in prison for paying a hitman $25,000 to gun down his wife, Lita Sullivan, in Buckhead. His attorneys argued that the search warrant, which was used to get crucial evidence from his $5 million Palm Beach mansion, was full of omissions and half-truths and relied on testimony from a confidential informant who had been arrested 38 times. The search yielded a diary, financial documents used in Sullivan's trial, which probably showed the paper trail to the hitman for the 25 Gs. In a unanimous opinion by the high court, They rejected Sullivan's claims that that search warrant could be thrown out. The evidence was sufficient to enable the jury to determine the defendant was guilty of the crimes for which he was convicted. So this is kind of similar to the Marlene Warren thing is that she answered the door and the hitman shows up at the door with roses, with flowers. And apparently he shot her. That's just bizarre. I wonder if he was dressed up or if it was just like... As a, as a delivery person, I don't oh, know. He's not so, a clown. And her parents later won a $4 million wrongful death suit, which they still have not been paid. Sounds like OJ, right? Yeah. Sullivan wasn't charged with his wife's murder until 1998, and that's when Belinda Tehran told authority Sullivan paid her ex-boyfriend, a trucker named Philip Anthony Harwood, the 25 grand, to kill Lita. He was sentenced to 20 years in prison and pled guilty to a lesser crime. So he turned on him, too. So Yeah. People turn on each other. We'll see if Sheila turns. So Sullivan, yeah. 
Sullivan fled to Thailand after hearing of Harwood's arrest, and he was arrested four years later after a local resident spotted him on America's Most Wanted. Oh, my God. People say divorce is expensive, but this sounds way more expensive. <laughs> your, isn't your time and life worth something? Exactly. I mean, I don't know how people come up with this stuff, you know? It's nefarious. They think they can outsmart law enforcement. Yeah, and that's what I mean by divorce is expensive, but the alternative clearly is much more expensive. But sometimes when there's kids involved and you've got custody and, you know, she gets half, offing somebody seems a little bit better. I, I mean, wanna... I guess it's just easier for them to go away, but not long term. With like a wife or a husband, usually it's the significant other, right? Yeah. Or you can have like the story we had today with the guy who was mad at his wife's boyfriend and cut his penis off oh with my. a scissor and left with it. He fled the scene. With the evidence? With the cargo. Uh, the precious cargo. The family jewels. So that <laughs> that's another solution. I mean, I guess now he's going to be in jail for a very yeah. long time. Yeah. So not much was solved. No. I mean, I guess he can't sleep with the wife anymore. We don't know if he That's right. if it's reattached, so I guess he could sleep at night knowing that. <laughs> yeah, while he's in prison, he knows the guy's not going to be boffing his wife. <laughs> God. Well, well, we don't know if anything was reattached because we don't know what the husband did with the penis. So having said that, that wraps up this edition of Full Rigor. Thank you, Lexi. Loved being here. And we'll be back next week again with another episode of Full Rigor. Don't forget to leave us feedback. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.